CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag security. The topic for today is managing threats from third-party providers. And our guest for today's show is Kevin Burns, who is the CISO with Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, Sanjay. How are you? I'm just doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. So recently, um, a CISO quoted that a large financial institution got hacked because of vulnerability that they could trace back to an HVAC provider. It is kind of interesting where you find cyber attacks happening and you can often link them back to the partners which you have to work with because that's how our today's world works. We are all connected to each other. At the same time, um, we want to make sure that we are not getting their services with some vulnerabilities as a package. So the goal here today is to explore why is this ecosystem when working together is more vulnerable versus when you are working in isolation? What are we doing as individual entities and what are we doing together to make sure that people who are intruders are not trying to take advantage of the fact that we are working with our partners? So Kevin, when we look at this whole ecosystem that we have to work with because that's how the world is moving forward, what is what is preventing us from being able to look in the nook and corner at the time when we establish relationship and then a model which will allow uh, both parties to be careful that we don't cause problems for each other? Sure. So it, it's unfortunate, but um, one of the benefits that, well, I guess benefits is the, is the only way to put it, relative to some of the major incidents that have occurred in the media over the past several years, say, has been a raised awareness of all the connection points that occur within an enterprise, right? And, and much of those being, or some of those being, your third-party providers. And because of these breaches and these incidents that have occurred, the third-party providers and vendors um, also, their antennae are up, if you will. They understand that they can be um, a source of the issue or a source of the problem. And they obviously, for business reasons, right, revenue reasons, they don't want to be a part of the problem. So they're happy or more willing um, to, at least in this day and age, to work with the entities that they're connecting to and sign off on all sorts of business agreements and, and SLAs and, and um, various contractual documents that will enforce, if you will, right, the security um, structure of the entity to which they're going to connect. They, they clearly want the business. They need the business. And, and there's so many other vendors out there that will um, take their place if they don't. So it's become a much easier negotiation point to work with the third-party vendors and 
and get them to acquiesce, if you will, to the um, security provisions in the contract that will enforce um, best practices and and will uh, enforce technical uh, tools um, or methodologies to protect the enterprise that they're connecting to. Um, so that's, again, the benefit of unfortunate circumstances that have occurred over the past couple of years. So, of course, there's a cost to security. And, and in the world of outsourcing or anything when you're doing with outside providers, they have a cost of doing business. And if security in their view, like, for example, in this HVAC situation, an HVAC provider may not take security as their topmost priority and perhaps they will not invest in it. It's not that perhaps they don't have the intent to create vulnerability. It just doesn't fit well into their cost model to become NASA. So how do you, do you take your own money to say, okay, go get secure at the level that we want you to, only then we'll do business? So, so what, what is the camaraderie? What's that cooperation and or investment that you would do because you want all your partners to bring enough security to the ecosystem so that they can justify that as a cost and invest in it? No, that's a great question, right? So yeah, there's a lot of give and take that has to occur as a, as a result of such partnerships. And those vendors and, and those type of folks understand, you know, ha- again, unfortunately, because of all the incidents and the things that have occurred in the media, um, all the various um, threat actors that have been advertised in the media, right, that, that almost anyone can read about these days, they they're, they're getting better and better um, and more willing to work with the entities that they're working with, their, their business partners, on the security side. And so, but much of the responsibility for ensuring that those kind of connections are going to be secure and prevent issues belongs on the enterprise, right? Whatever organization is going to allow that third-party vendor to work with them they have to set the ground rules for those vendors, right? And they have to utilize whatever technologies um, are in within their purview to monitor, when that's the key word, right? Monitor what, um, what the connections might be doing, where they're going, how they're going to be connected. And so much of that responsibility does lie upon the, the entity that's going to allow the third-party vendor in. And so you... You have to make, you have to allow or sell market to some degree, but also um, in some ways dictate to those vendors that here's our security posture and model. And if you want to do business with us, we need you to agree to do it in this fashion at these time frames using utilizing these technologies um, and agree to all the things that we're going to put in the contract. And or the business-level agreement or the memorandum understanding um, statement of work, things like that. So that greatly, it, it's got to really be part of the planning phase um, and the divine, design phase with those, with those vendors. And they get it now for the most part because it's all around us, right? I mean, information security and these incidents, you, you, they understand um, that if they want to do business, given all the things that have been um, so highly publicized, they get that they have to to work with the enterprise to to make sure that it's going to be done in a secure fashion. So um, 
but much of it again is is really on the responsibility and a, a piece of the um, the enterprise to in, to ensure and monitor and watch the traffic and and make sure that this is being done in a secure fashion. So if I want to secure uh, my home, I'm not going to just put alarm in one room. So taking that draw a parallel to it, when you go back and talk to your stakeholders or you're called in to say, let's talk security, how we are going to secure the fort. Now that fort by design cannot be just your own organization. Is that well understood at the stakeholder level? And if yes, are you provided the extra room or extra budget or, or resources in order for you to be able to go extend your strategy, which encapsulates your partner ecosystem, and of course, your execution-related uh, deployment of resources, so that you, you do not just rely on just plain SLAs and contracts, or are we doing that? Is that the only recourse we have to take care of this problem? No, it's not the only recourse, right? But it's an integral part of the recourse, right? Because y- y- you have to set that up it's got to be in writing first, right? And and for all the folks involved in the activities so that they understand um, how serious this matter is, right? Or these these protocols are. And so you start out with with those with with, with the documents first, and that usually drives home during the negotiation phase how serious, how um, how well thought out and documented these processes and protocols have to be. And that, because when someone's got to put a signature on them, right, um, they get that they're responsible for and could lose the business. Uh, and, and so you need to have those kind of escape clauses, right, as well as the monitoring pieces that are going to be a part of this um, whole ecostructure. So, the, the the SLAs and the contracts and the documents that's all the first piece right and and um, and but that's just a, a piece of the first piece and so the next part of it is is working with their whatever security folks they have in their shop to talk to you need to establish a relationship with those folks right um, if if in fact there are such persons. But understanding, right, more and more and more and more vendors are are, are bringing on board those kind of positions um, because it only helps sell their services, right? If they have uh, someone at that shop that can uh, work with the contracted entity, the, the, then you feel better about going into business with someone like that, right, that, that they've got someone on board who understands security. But no, that is just the start of the process, right? Establishing relationships, establishing documentation, getting all those things in place, and then utilizing tools to monitor the connections. You can't just rely upon those documents. You're, you're 100% correct. You, you, it, it can't just be that. You need, you need to have a whole holistic approach to third-party vendors and how, they, how you're going to work with them and monitor their activities. 
So let's compare the two flavors of vendors that they may exist. One are primarily technology providers, especially when we talk about these cloud providers and the, the organizations who are using them. They try to go to nth degree of due diligence, even trying to find ways to look under the hood, go visiting their, their, their premises and, and doing that type of due diligence so that since you're going to put your applications and other technology and data there, you don't want to lose your shirt because they're vulnerable. Now, that's one camp where you, in a way, feel that you are entitled to look under the hood. But then come the other HVAC vendors and other type of providers who are also offering services, but they are the ones who are perhaps not being evaluated or perhaps that's not the protocol to evaluate an HVAC vendor to come to their uh, premises and look how they're handling their security. So is, is that a fundamental shift required in the way we set expectations that we might show up as a surprise because we feel you can cause us vulnerabilities. That, and that's a great, great question, right? And, and it's, a, it's a great way to segment this conversation. You're right. So the cloud providers, they totally get it, right? And they want, there's so many more popping up, and they, and they want to be the preferred vendor for so many different kinds of enterprise, private, public, quasi-public, right? quasi-private, pick one, right? And so they're all doing great work and establishing their security protocols and, and um, socializing them and marketing them and branding them and, and um, getting them within so many different kinds of control families so, so that everyone has a real comfort with, with with utilizing their services. And you're right, on the other side is, is, is those kind of vendors, you know, your HVAC vendors, right, or whatever other kind of vendors that might have to um, – that you – that you need, then maybe even on a daily basis, right? Weekly, whatever, depending upon what you're doing. Um, but that responsibility is really something that the enterprise has to explain to um, these vendors about how critical it is that no mistakes are made um, during whatever process those vendors have to come in and, 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 and work with you. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, as I mentioned before, you need to speak, you need to talk to, you know, at the very highest levels of those firms and, and talk about, okay, here's, talk to me about how you do this at other places, right? What are your, what are your, uh, uh, what are the protocols you have in place? And, and here's what we're going to do while you're doing what you're doing to make sure that we limit the risk because it's all about risk mitigation, all about risk management, right, um, at, at this point. And so, a great deal of that risk mitigation is on part of the enterprise doing business with a third-party vendor to, to the greatest extent possible, make sure that those kind of vendors are, are never going to be able to get to um, your critical infrastructure um, data, right? It, 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 it's so much about having a risk posture. You know, mm-hmm. you know where I'm go- but you know where I'm going with, with that, right? So just where's the critical assets? and you know how far segmented away from where they need to be. Let's take a quick break. Listeners, we'll be right back and explore this further. I'd like to also uh, explore the area where if that HVAC provider, I keep going back to that analogy or, or that actual incident that happened, that person may not, or that entity may not have been asked to be as uh, due diligent about their security by some other provider, by, by some other customers, you asked it because you felt security is paramount, and there may be different level of requests would come. So how how is that individual 
organization which is trying to partner with multiple customer ever be clear on what level should they maintain or should they keep adding more and more cost to themselves just to supporting these partners and you can come at a whim and say my requirements have uh, been extended to another level which requires you to invest even more and then the other people don't so they could just walk away and say sorry we don't want to do business with you let's explore this uh, scenario please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So just to kind of reiterate, we have one vendor who's trying to serve multiple customers. Each customer may have their own needs and wants in terms of how much secure this particular provider should be how does this provider find a common you know foundation on which they can say this is what we will offer if a customer wants more either they pay up or we don't do business with them but that also leaves money on the table so we got to look at that poor vendor as well to say should this person dance to our tunes every time we ask them to yeah i mean it's it's a great point right you, you can't keep adding onus onto the vendors so that the cost becomes so pro- prohibitive that, that they don't want to work with you. Um, so it's a balance. It's a negotiation and it's a balance. And, and for the most part, there's usually enough things in monitoring pieces in place on the enterprise end to ensure that um, whatever services are being provided by that vendor are watched by the enterprise. Um, on occasion, there might be some instance where an operating system's got to be upgraded or there's got to be some tweaking, right? But for the most part, there's not a lot of cost or additional onus being put on these vendors. It's and they and and so if it's something minor or marginal, they're certainly willing to work 
with the enterprise because, you know, again, they want the business, right? And there's a whole bunch of other folks that'll do it um, or, or agree to um, some added or additional resource or cost if they want to continue doing business. And, um, but on the other end, there should be on the enterprise end tools in place, monitoring uh, actual procedures, policies are great, but actual procedures in place, technical things in place to watch those kind of connections, right? And, and so we try and there should be those things in place so that you're not adding a ton of cost to the vendor. Now, when you look at the behavior that you expect from them, is that going to happen because you've laid out a certain guidelines? Because there's an old saying that people don't usually do what you expect. They do it what you inspect. Hmm. So that, what, what do you think is a better way to have a partner at one point and also they should not see that you're trying to macro-manage? What's, what's that fine line? Sure, sure. And, and, I, and I know I keep um, harping back to the same point. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's worth mentioning, you know, multiple times, right, during our conversation today in that there's just been so much media attention on the various incidents that have occurred over the past several years uh, recently that these vendors, they get it. For the most part, they get it. They don't, as long as a part of the conversation starts out with at a high level of these folks, we expect um, the right behavior on the part of your folks that are going to be walking in our doors or connecting, and you know we're expecting you to to be a big part of that and, and to and to socialize that throughout your company. And they get that these days; they understand. And you know, as part of the the process, you you raise that awareness with them that you know, it's important to us, so it needs to be important to you. Um, and you talk to some of their other customers to make sure that their references that they they've in fact followed those kind of or at least followed that philosophy right and sure there's going to be issues possibly right or 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 minor matters that have to be tweaked but for the most part these vendors get it these days they just they understand that if they want to do business with the enterprise they need to um adhere to some good basic security tenets what is the pushback, reluctance, or plain concern that they have expressed when you have reached out to them to say, help me help you so that I can secure my fort, you also get better secured, but in the whole process you stay as a, a, a provider with us because then both parties are doing the best they can to prevent any security issues. When you approach to them, you appeal to them, or you dictate to them whatever style of management you may be using – what is their reluctance? What's their pushback? And what's their appeal to you? That's a and and so that's a great point, right? And and, and so so much of it has to be, you know, um, to me, it's it, it 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 we try not to dictate, right? We just try and advise of the importance of um, the security aspect of the piece, and 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 there's very little pushback. There really is um, these days. Um, everyone understands that you know. They've got to be a, a part of the solution or a part of the uh, design. So the pushback has been minimal. They, um, it, it's just too well known as to what can occur. And so they're pretty willing to, 
and you know, and half of that, or a big piece of that, is because where the enterprise is doing the primary heavy lift, the, the, the heavy lift isn't really much on their end, right? The heavy lift is on the enterprise to to um, have all the things in place to do the monitoring, right? And so, um, you know, when you're at when you you tell the vendor, you ask the vendor, say, look, you know, we're going to be escorting your folks around, and they're going to be escorted at all times, and they don't bat an eye, right? So. Um, it, it, the pushback, I can't speak to what it was 10 years ago, but I can tell you over the past several years, it's been very, very minor. Now, when it comes to the compliance, where we have government as the sole entity that enforces uh, any kind of deadlines or requirements, we all jump uh, on board and basically work together. Now, security requires us to just work with each other, but there is no, no one, no, no super daddy, if you will, on top who is, who is kind of helping us all work together. So, so what, what challenges does it pose, or would you say there is that overarching governing body, which could be synonymous to government when it comes to compliance, exists who can help us get through it? Because there could be sometimes contentions, but sometimes if you don't have a, a, a common mandate, or common understanding, then invariably you are having more of a, uh, you know, of a match, if you will, or tug of war. That who gets to yield more, or get the other party to yield more, versus working together. That's a great point, right? And so I, I, I like to think of, of of the security aspect on the enterprise and the government end as a cell, right? You've got to market it. It, it, it. It's just so easy to to use that heavy hand and 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 dictate or, or, you know, throw weight around, that, that's not helpful, right? You've got to develop relationships with these people so that you can work with them. And, and I, I've, at least I've found, and, and I think most of my counterparts across the country have found that to be the, you market the, the, the security. And part of the marketing is, is exactly what you just mentioned, the compliance piece. There are so many compliance drivers out there, um, from so many different entities that, that the states have to adhere to. And as part of the marketing with the vendors or working with the vendors, explaining to the vendors that the lift that, that is on our end, we explain to them what we have to adhere to, right? And so that's a great point. I, I appreciate you raising that because that'll, what we, we have done is taken some of those checklists, those compliance drivers, and we've shown them to the vendor and say, hey, look, here's what we've got to adhere to. As part of this, and and what we're going to do is is help you, help us adhere to these, and 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 here's how we can do it, and we explain to them, and so we take a lot of the angst away when working with the vendors because, um, sure, they're they you're right, they're concerned about cost, right, concerned about too many resources, but you can. So do you them. do you cut them any yep. slack or give them any concessions to, in order for them to really feel that it's yes, I'm trying to keep a customer, but at some point it could become cost prohibitive also. Um, not, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think on the, I don't think so on the, on the cost prohibitive side, we're not asking for them to, to buy technologies, right. Or to buy or to spend extra time and money and resources. It might be more on, um, planning a, a particular maintenance schedule or type of thing, right. We're not asking them to, um, should ad- adhere to, you know, purchase large infrastructure, to work with us, we're we're not doing that, and and I don't think, I don't think most of that is uh, occurring a, a, across the country, 
There's not that. It's it's just here's what we've got to adhere to. Here's how we do it. Here's how we're going to work this relationship. And and you know we'll just work with the, with these schedules and these drivers to make it work for both of us. We're we're not asking for spends on on those um or not high spends, right? If anything, it's marginal um, on those on those vendors. Now, when you talk about the intelligence, one is to say, okay, you do your part, I do mine. Another is to actually have an intelligent discussion about what things are potentially going on and or could go wrong. And this is how we should work together. How much of that collaborative approach to securing each other's fort or at least helping uh, to create as one fort, take take our uh, the partnership as one fort and try to secure? How much of that that collaboration actually is exist uh, is happening in your case. It's a great it it, it uh, no to you. <laughs> it's a great question, and that is, you know, I would almost say see some of my previous comments. The effective you've got to market what we're up against. You've got to explain fully what we're up against. It can't be just this closed communications, right? It's got to be, here's what we're up against from a, from a, a compliance driver or a technical standpoint. Here's, here's all the things we're doing and explain those, work with the vendor to let them know this is what we're up against. So let's figure out a, a way that makes this work for everybody, right? And so coming, having been in the private sector for many years and understanding that, you know, they're, they want to be as efficient as possible, right? They're trying to to make a profit is it that's all part of the conversation and so, so it is a shared intelligence yeah my question was the shared intelligence so we are not just talking about uh the the superficial things but actually security leaders from both organizations actually put their heads together to see how we can effectively solve these problems that's, that's what exactly i was trying to correct get no clarity. you're 100 percent right that's why uh, you know earlier in our conversation i talked about it, if getting to the the senior leaders of these folks and 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 having these conversations right shared intelligence at the high level um so that everyone understands exactly what we're both up against so sure absolutely th- th- those have to occur and and they do right and so that's that that takes down the angst level um through both organizations Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And and let's talk about the people and the culture, the technology stack, the budgets. Yes, we did talk about budgets. They have to figure out what they do. But they're different in a, with each of the third-party provider. They're different. So would it be possible for, say, one organization, say, Kevin, your organization, to put a one-blanket request? Or would you have to kind of tailor with each each organization's own capabilities the kind of technology they use, et cetera, because you will go nuts just trying to make everybody come together on one technology stack or have one culture, because it is also the way security is handled. It's not purely technology. It's how people take that as their own responsibility to secure information in their own company. So this, this is not a simple, straightforward technology stack, uniformity or homogeneity that we want to develop. How do we handle when you've got multiple partners and they themselves have multiple customers. Each of them bring their own people, culture, technology, stack, etc., and then try to work together. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So we did talk about technology, Kevin, when we spoke about, okay, if you have a certain technology and we do have a certain different type, we can figure out a way to integrate and make it secure. Let's talk about people, culture, and budgets, which would be entirely different from one provider to another and a relationship that you have. So your people, culture, technology, budgets are totally different from the other party. And and, and so we have to somehow find commonality and, and motivation and a way to control where all security get, could get uh, compromised, and that could very well happen when the people and culture and the budgets are not in line. How do we handle this? Well, and, and so hmm, much of that, right, believe it or not, should be handled internally within the enterprise, right, because from our, I think most of our perspectives across the country is that managing the risk involves keeping your sensitive assets and data away from these third-party providers, right? They should be segmented, layered, way away from um, those third-party providers in, in, in a whole different place. And so I say that as part of this, this conversation, budgets, people, and culture, because it, it shouldn't those things, the budget, people, and culture and technology shouldn't impact all that greatly what the enterprise is trying to do. There should be great separation. And so those other pieces on the vendor side, um, they should not be that impactful. But I'll state this, right? It's on the enterprise or whatever the entity is that's getting the, um, working with a third-party provider that it's it, it very much um, the responsibility of the enterprise to raise awareness, um, help along the culture, learn the culture of the, the vendor, and um, ascertain 
what's the holistic security standpoint of that vendor, right? And and getting a sense of do they really take it seriously? And so um, as part of the negotiation process and when you get together with these folks is what, what, you know, when you meet with these vendors and you do the RFQ process and you, they, their folks come in and they have questions about the contract and all that good stuff, you get to know the people, right? Um, their responses will give you what their budgets are and you can learn um, by asking questions of these vendors what their culture is. They certainly should know, quite, quite frankly, right, bluntly, they should know what the culture of security is on, a, on of, a, of a state entity or, or of whatever company they're working with, right? What, what that company has for assets and, and data sensitivity. And those vendors really in this day and age should, should have some awareness of security. And I, I, I think that's obvious. Now, when you're looking at those different uh, providers and you yourself are trying to drive them to a certain direction, how do you yourself know that the strategy that you're asking is not just merely preventative or or it is not, you can say, a, a checklist that you're going through versus something fundamentally has to be changed in the way you handle your own infrastructure and and data wherever it's kept and how it has been used and and so so who's who's creating that benchmark between you and the provider do you have a standard that you're following which would say okay this is how you are supposed to handle uh, communication or secure communication and data exchange with your third party provider is there a guideline that you have which you can rely on or you're building it on your own absolutely right that's and and so there are because state entities and federal entities and all, you know, those kind of things that we're involved with on our side, right, there are particular standards that have to be followed. And um, as part of the due diligence process on some of these vendors, right, which should be occurring, um, whatever reference checks, whatever background you've done on them, you should have some understanding of, of where they're coming from prior to engaging them, right? And that's part of the due diligence process. And so you know, well, we know what we have to adhere to, and then our due diligence should tell us they should know or have an idea of what we have to adhere to. And so they they should be coming to the table um, as part of them trying to get the business um, with an idea of what they've got to adhere to, right? And, 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 and most vendors these days understand that. Uh, they do if they want the business. Now, if you were to look at the overall mindset, us as an organization, in order for us to be able to, you know, lead by example and or uh, be respected as a Pied Piper that a provider says, okay, these guys are trying to do right things for the right reason, so let's follow them. What is that mindset that, that we need to demonstrate? Perfect, right? Great question. And, and that is part of working with the leaders in those companies, evangelizing to them, this is what we've got to adhere to. This is, this is what we're uh, tasked with protecting, right? And, and having a very serious conversation and conversations to those folks saying, hey, look, um, here's what we, we have to protect for the constituents of the Commonwealth. Um, you should you folks as as business partners of ours should understand that because you know quite frankly many of them are constituents of the Commonwealth right so um, 
you've got to share that market and sell it. But it's easier and easier these days to do that. Um, so many of these folks, <laughs> you can't get away from it because it, it's, it's ever pervasive in the media, right? And so they're, remember, they're, they're doing, for the most part, they're also doing some of the same things on their end on their infrastructure, right? They're, they're paying the bills. They're, they're paying whatever a third party, maybe they're hosted in the cloud, right? They're doing some of this on their own. It's, it, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't a vacuum, right? This is a situation where these, these same companies, these same vendors have to do the same thing on their end to protect their, their intellectual secrets, their intellectual property, their private information. You know, it, it's, not, it's not as if they're, you know, just going to work with us and, and then have to adhere. They're, many of them are in the same, very same boat, right? Or, and they've heard about in their own industries um, problems that have occurred with their, their competitors, right? Or they, their own business partners. So we're not operating in a vacuum here, they, it, it, which is helpful in this day and age. Um, we're not having, you know, it, it, those kind of, it, it's easier to have these kind of conversations when these same, the same folks and partners are up against the same um, possible incidents that we are, right? I mean, does that make sense? Definitely does. Uh, now, another question would be is, since the world is not going to remain same for you either, it's fluid, and especially in the world of security, new things are coming up, and of course, you are trying to transform your business, your technology, and the way you run, uh, you know, the way the information flows, etc. Now, like for us, ourselves, it is tough enough that we have to change the wheels of a moving car and accordingly handle security. How do you expect another provider to keep chasing a moving target in order to do business with you? See, one was that you said, okay, do this, 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 and this. Okay, they got it done. You were calling them compliant and you move on. Would you slow yourself down as an organization because you have to take third-party providers along with you? Yeah, you're right. It's it's completely fluid. It's completely ever-changing. Uh, the security model is um, moving along at breakneck speed, right? Um, but part of that is is the internal strategy to segment. Um, Perform risk management internally, reviews, right? Understand where your critical assets are, critical pieces of information are. Um, again, they, that type, those type of assets need to be very much segmented away from the vendors, right? And so um, there should, well, there should be on, 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 the, on the vendor side then um, ability to uh, then get compliant, if you will, over a period of time um, as the security model changes. Um, and so um, that is also the kind of thing that you have built into the contract, right, or the statement of work or the, you know, however you want to put it, right, so business agreements, the BAs, um, so that they can come along with you when um, as necessary, right? But, um, but, but again, in a similar regard, uh, they're facing 
the very same thing on their ends for their own critical infrastructure. And uh, hopefully on their end, they're, they're monitoring the security trends and, and models if, if they have those kind of people within their shop to watch out for them so they their, their folks understand what we're up against. So in short, what I was trying to get to is that if you're going to move pretty fast, if there is a vulnerability you find, you're going to jump on this because your own organization is is uh, got its interest jeopardized. Do you expect that to be a snapshot-based updates or changes that you would expect from your vendors? Because if vulnerability exists, you just patched yourself and you secured the fort, but you left two windows open, you're still vulnerable. It's a great question. And, and in regard to the vendors that need to be agile, that would need to respond immediately, we, um, we, almost, we insist that they become compliant immediately. Um, and um, we've never had pushback on that because no vendor right, wants to be the face of a problem later on. So and it's a manageable process, would you say, Kevin? Hmm? The workflow, the workflow in which you have an issue, you just jump on it, and then you respond, uh, or, or you, you uh, not exactly dictate, but request the other vendors who specifically are going to also need to change their uh, infrastructure or whatever they are doing to communicate with you. They immediately come and and life is good. Or do you see some challenges, some slowness, or, or uh, pockets where you still remain vulnerable? Of course, the world may not know. Or somebody might exploit that vulnerability at the time when partner has not come up to speed yet, and somebody penetrates and causes you harm. Is the workflow yeah. like very tight, if you will? It's very tight. It's very tight, particularly for those kind of for those kind of vendors that have those kind of responsibilities. It's very tight, and the response has been outstanding. Um, again, no one wants to be the face of the cause of, right? So the response has been tight, uh, very quick, very agile, and um, it's it 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 is. And that's the whole piece is is uh, so much of it's the communication piece and having those relationships and of establishing establish those relationships and maybe establish some um, exercises to ensure that when you have to do those kind of things, you are you are agile. And, and you are able to do them, right? A lot of this is planning and strategy so that when the tactical piece comes along, um, it, it, it runs tight. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and let's at least uh, evaluate or explore the specific technology tools that may exist, some solutions that uh, the creativity that we have within us has uh, you know, formed in terms of solutions which could really help us with this problem dealing with third-party provider-related vulnerabilities and or any innovations that may have been brought about by our own team and or even by the third-party provider so that the life is getting easier, at least in terms of being able to manage uh, a, synchro- a synchronous security, if you will, among the organizations which are trying to work together. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. 
Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Kevin, let's talk about few types of technology-related innovation that, uh, you know, different providers may be bringing. We don't have to take names. We just talk about the type. And it could be the technology per se. It could be the solutions, which could be a combination of technology and some processes or, or workflows, which have enabled you to be able to innovate and or at least get uh, this whole synchronous, uh, synchronization of security across your partner ecosystem a little more manageable. Sure, sure. And, and, and so that's helpful, right? So clearly, um, without question, you know, secure, secure communication methods um, have truly made life easier for both the enterprise and the vendors, right? That's the, the various solutions regarding secure transmission, um, secure communications, um, and encryption has, um, or should, but has empowered um, quicker, more uh, more agile um, work for for the the vendors to do what they've got to do, um, and to uh, alleviate risk, right? Reduce risk as a result of, of, of those vendors having to do what they have to do, but also to ensure that, uh, um, um, that we reduce the risk because, you know, the, these, the communication lines are secure, right, and, and the transmission methods are secure. And, and, and the other piece of that is, is um, you know, segmentation strategies, right, um, taking the secure, the, your confidential data and assets and, and, and putting those in it, in a safe place. Um, so some, some of it's strategy and some of it is technology and innovation. Um, but, um, you know, from a, a, a security standpoint, the, 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 the transmission methods and, and, and communication that has, uh, makes life easier, uh, and, and allows for less angst, um, as we work with those vendors so that they help us, uh, maintain a, um, or do whatever business they've got to do with us. 
Now, what kind of immunity or slack that you cut for your providers and how much slack do you get uh, from your stakeholders? Because it's not a straightforward slam dunk type of problem. Um, I'd be lying if I said there's a lot of slack cut, right? So, um, not too much. It, it, it's, um, if you've established a good relationship and you've worked with them in the past and you've got, or, or, or you continue to keep the communication lines open, um, they, again, don't want to be part of the problem. They want to be part of the solution, right? So not a lot of slack being cut. We, we ask for agility and, and, and the folks have been great about working with that, right? So they're, they're pretty responsive. And, um, but it's, you have to be agile, and, and the vendors expect that these days. They do. With respect to leadership, the type of security leadership uh, that you see out today, what do you think they need to learn? Or, or I, can, I can just ask you that question straight out. What would you think where you need to do with yourself as a leader, with the mindset, with the learning, so that you can be better prepared and can be a better Pied Piper for that vendor ecosystem or provider ecosystem so that they follow you with the right intent for all of you to win in this process? Sure, and that's a great question, right? And, and I, the, the key piece to this is information sharing, right? What, what, what threats have occurred, um, or what threats are, exist? What has um, what has worked on the threat landscape from the attacker's point of view? The, whom has suffered? Um, okay, we th- so now we know this. What are the lessons learned? How do we then um, increase uh, reduce our risk posture, reduce our risk landscape? And all that information sharing is monstrous. That is just a huge piece of you. You said it perfectly, Pied Piper. How do you be the Pied Piper? By sharing this, these pieces of information. And, and, you know, quite frankly, the media is helping us in, in, in some regard by, by uh, um, socializing or publicizing some of the things. But they're scaring us, right, in this case? Yeah, not, and nothing wrong with that. <laughs> From my perspective, <laughs> okay. I think it's fine, right? So, um, I, you know, it's uh, um, it, this, this kind of this kind of. Um, in, information sharing though, at a more detailed level, right? And these conversations really helps get everyone on the same page. And uh, um, and and so getting you know under the covers a little bit after these the media scares us. So then we can talk to um, these vendors and all the folks, whomever's got to be involved, and say, okay, here's here's where we've got to go. Here's here's how do we reduce the risk posture based upon this this threat existence? Here's let's go down this road, and um, and they get it. They just get it. Every everyone gets it these days from the media scaring us. So um, um, it's it's unfortunate for some folks, but but we're all trying to do best things we can with lessons learned, and uh, and uh, that it's been very helpful in that regard. All this great information sharing. These third party vendors they join us at conferences, they join us at summits, they get it. It, they become part of the, the community, and that's been a huge help. What's your final message? Just a couple of words that you feel we should keep in mind as security leaders so that we can create a much better, much more secure third-party ecosystem. Sure, right. I, and and um, so I would state, keep the, you know, the, the information sharing is a huge piece of this. 
um, the kind of collaboration. It's got to be a communi- open communications so that um, everyone understands wh- where the threats lie. But I-, I think because of all the different threat landscapes that are out there, these vendors understand because they're facing the same issues. And so um, as, as, as we still continue to secure the perimeter, we've also got to think about, you know, some of the other trends, predictive analytics and, and session-level security. And the vendors will understand that just as well because they're facing the very same things. You know, whether they're hosted or whether they're doing their own thing in their own offices, they're up against the same um, problems and, and, and vulnerabilities that, that we all are. On behalf of our show and the listeners, I'd like to really thank Kevin, uh, you for sharing your thoughts on how we can work together versus against each other or, or, or make somebody else work to become a more compliant third-party provider. It is a community. It is camaraderie. It is communication. Thank you so much again, Kevin. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I truly enjoyed this. It's been great. Thank you. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovation.